the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's Tuesday, and as always, let's bring in our chief market analyst from Briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I took the day off yesterday kind of not in touch with what happened. Have I missed anything since our last conversation? Well, uh, with respect to yesterday, no, you didn't, you didn't miss anything. It, uh, the stock market traded as if it was still on holiday as well, and um, you know, the volume was pretty anemic at the uh, New York Stock Exchange, but, but that didn't stop the stock market from uh, continuing to press higher, uh, posted some modest gains on the back of strength in the healthcare, energy, and technology sectors, and so it's continuing to exhibit this newfound bullish bias after the uh, the strong reversal we saw last week when the NASDAQ composite came down and, uh, and glanced its uh, 200-day moving average. Now, this morning, there's a lot of pharmaceutical deals, and pharmaceuticals have kind of been left for dead, the Pfizer's, the Merck's, the Eli Lilly's. Um, kind of just not sexy. Their, their value, they make a lot of money, they buy a lot of shares, they share it via dividends. Does today's mergers and acquisition change things up? Well, um, you know, some are, are billing it really more as a reflection of uh, the reality of the industry and that, uh, you know, suggestion being that uh, the pipelines are not what they need to be, and so they're trying to, you know, acquire those uh, those next-stage drugs, if uh, if you will, and so they're getting, getting bigger. Um, you know, but it does also uh, reflect kind of what you said. They're just, you know, cash-generating behemoths still, and so they're uh, able to pull off some of these uh, these large deals that are being talked about. Um, but, uh, you know, the stock the stocks themselves, you know, they've done okay. I mean, Pfizer has, uh, you know, nearly doubled off of its lows, but, you know, it's been emblematic, really, kind of the broader market, really. You know, not many stocks have, have been left behind in this, uh, you know, rally over the last five years. And so they're playing a little catch-up, maybe on a relative basis, but um, I think that the, you know, the M&A activity is something that uh, we should not only expect to see within the, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, but perhaps broaden out more generally speaking just because, um, you know, end demand growth still isn't quite as robust as you might expect it to see. So we anticipate that you're going to see companies aiming to pick up market share by uh, through their acquisitive activity. Okay. Now, if mergers and acquisitions pick up to kind of keep that corporate profit machine running and get some efficiencies, doesn't that mean we should buy the investment banks, the Goldman Sachs um, of the world, because... 
they're getting the investment fees. They're getting the, um, mm-hmm. you know, partnering, helping people find money fees. Sure. Well, that's certainly one one component of their business that uh, stands to do to do well. Um, you know, if you then uh, look and see what's going on in, in the market, you know, in conjunction with all of that, if you have rising stock markets and strong, you know, bond markets and things like that, then, then yes, it should uh, certainly lend itself to, to that idea where the investment bank should be performing better because if you see uh, you know, economic growth continue to pick up. You should see interest rates pick up, and that should be, um, uh, you know, better for 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 some of those businesses, some of the banking businesses anyway. And uh, you know, and that all points in a, a positive direction. So higher M and A activity, all else equal, is certainly better than you know low M and A activity for those investment banks. <laughs> so the mergers and acquisitions area, kind of, is it telling you that the when you see M&A pick up, is it telling you that there's value because corporations look at each other and say, I will buy you, or mm-hmm. do you read nothing into it? Well, it, it is hard to say. I think you look at kind of like the structures of the deal, um, you know, if uh, you know if they're using uh, – you know, their stock uh, more so than just cash, uh, then that can be somewhat – you know, troublesome, you know, because they know that they have a, a highly valued currency, if you will, and they can use that to acquire other companies. Um, but if they're putting, you know, a lot of cash to work, then, it, you know, they probably do see, you know, greater value in those uh, acquisition targets, uh, which could be an encouraging signal. Anything else out there today? Maybe the CEO um, departure of Alan Mulally from Ford. Success or failure starts at the top. Uh, is it his time to go? Would you like to see him linger? Any thoughts on Ford's new CEO? Yeah, well, you know, Mark Fields, uh, who is, you know, said to be the, the next CEO when uh, the, the final departure day comes for Mr. Mulally, is, I think, uh, you know, highly regarded in the industry. He's been at Ford a really long time, and, and it's been rumored uh, and speculated that he would eventually, you know, step into that role. So even when we saw that news break on, on Monday, you know, Ford stock uh, didn't react all that much to it. Uh, and then also keep in mind that, you know, when, you know, Microsoft was going through its CEO search, Mr. Mulally was a oft-mentioned candidate for that position. And so uh, it, it created an awareness for the Ford shareholder base that uh, even if you were to, uh, you know, remain at Ford, you know, Mr. Mulally probably uh, didn't have a, a, a um, you know, a, a long you know, a, a significantly longer time being there, um, and so you know, I think that the way that Ford has has traded though shows that there is some comfort that Mr. Mulally has his company on a on a good track, uh, and Mr. Fields has been there uh, at his side during the, the turnaround process and is uh, more than able and and willing to to pick up the reins and and uh, take things over when uh, when Mr. Mulally steps down. You mentioned in a recent article that you penned for Briefing.com, and speaking to Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, the headline was pretty powerful, Capital Markets Not Buying What Talking Heads Are Selling. Give me a little bit more on that article and what exactly you mean. Sure. You know, some of the things, you know, that we were looking at in terms of, you know, how the, you know, capital markets were, were trading this year didn't necessarily mesh with this whole idea that the economy is going to be uh, accelerating uh, to uh, what we'll call above potential growth. That is, you know, 3% plus in terms of GDP growth. And, and just, you know, as a market analyst, I was looking at the, some of those inconsistencies in terms of what the talking heads uh, were all saying on TV about how growth is, you know, certainly destined to 
accelerate to that above potential growth rate and was actually being priced into the capital markets. So we've seen a, uh, a drop in the 10-year yield since the end of the year. That isn't all that consistent with uh, an expectation that you're going to see stronger growth because, uh, you know, longer duration treasury securities are more sensitive to rising interest rates that would accompany stronger growth. But we saw a downturn in the yield uh, since the end of 2013. Uh, Within the stock market, you saw the significant outperformance of the utility sector, which is a probably the most countercyclical, defensive-minded sector around. And at the time I wrote that piece, it was up 13% uh, year to date, uh, an extraordinary move, which was a reflection really of, of in part of that drop in yield, which uh, increased the. the uh, uh, the appeal of those income-generating securities. Uh, within the currency market, uh, we saw that the dollar index uh, was really was down slightly for the year, and that is not consistent with uh, an economy that is expected to accelerate and to invite rising interest rates that would be supportive for the U.S. dollar. And then finally, looking at the commodity market, we saw that uh, you know copper still hasn't been acting all that well. We know that that's related in part to some of the issues surrounding China and excess supply over there. But uh, more emblematic, we think, of uh, some of the concern about the outlook really was what we were seeing in lumber contracts. Uh, lumber is a key input, obviously, for home building. Uh, and you're seeing lumber futures continue to fade, and they're not really pricing in that outlook for stronger demand growth. So. Those were some signals that suggested to us, for right now anyway, the market is not buying this whole economic uh, acceleration argument. That could all change, of course, but it's certainly not being reflected as of yet in the capital markets. We've got a little less than two minutes. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Uh, a lot of independent analysis of U.S. markets, international markets, and much, much more. Anything that you're working on that you want to share with us on your way out? Well, so we're going to be, you know, continue to follow the earnings results this week, and then, you know, maybe just as an aside, I have to mention, I, you know, I, I, I might be inclined to write some type of editorial as it relates to some of the how how dumb some of the smart, so-called smart money can sound sometimes. Um, you know, we saw today that, uh, you know, or heard last night, Dennis Gartman writes the Gartman letter. You know, said two weeks ago he was scared out of his mind, basically, and got out of the you know, market and suggested people should just move to cash probably for the next month or two. And lo and behold, last night he reveals that he's back in and pleasantly long, and uh, you know, and the market is the place to be. Um, and we're just you know scratching our heads at the, you know how probably at the amount of money he might have costed you know the subscribers to his newsletters in terms of transaction costs who followed his you know advice to get out of the market because he was scared so he violated really the idea that you don't trade emotionally uh, and uh, you certainly are going to see the residual transaction costs of doing so with that said do you feel like the market should turn this off the talking heads like maybe our, our government should shut it down a little bit on this whole CNBC angle of um, I went on CNBC a couple times, and I, they said, give me a stock pick. And I was like, uh, General Electric. I'm like, no, no, no. We're, we want G-Wiz, not GE. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you have any problems with what we see out of the analyst and the, the screaming and the emphaticness? Well, you know, one of the one of the problems I have in terms of, you know, of watching, you know, CNBC can – they do – 
generate a lot of good information, you know, at times. But, you know, one of the problems I have is that they, they have the same talking heads on all the time, right? And so um, I do think there is some, some a cheerleading element involved there. But to the, to the bigger point here is, is that, yes, you know, investors really need to kind of just tune out to all of the uh, perspectives because particularly when you're watching programming, business programming, they will have talking heads on that fit the day's trading action, right? Thanks. It's market analyst Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst Briefing.com. Stocks push higher. The Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ are all at the best level of the session. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charles. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.